This is Government Gone Digital. I'm Dana Birchman, Chief Digital Officer here in Gilbert, Arizona, and I'm here today with a very special guest, Joseph Percelli, Public Agency Lead and Ambassador of Community at Nextdoor. Super excited to have you, Joseph. I love your title and so glad to have you to talk with us about how public agencies are using Nextdoor as a communications tool because I know here in Gilbert, we love Nextdoor and use it every chance we get. So thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me on your podcast, Neighbor. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about one of the things that I really love about Nextdoor is that unlike some other social media platforms, you know that these people are verified residents in your community when you're communicating with them. So talk to me a little bit about that and how you use that to your advantage. Sure. So Nextdoor is a platform built on trust and the power of local. Um, Being built on trust, every single Nextdoor neighborhood is started by a neighbor in your community. uh, And there are 245,000 of them, and they operate in 10 countries. And every member that joins that neighborhood must first verify that they live there. Uh, There's a couple ways that happens, either through an invitation being sent to them in the mail, and there's a little code that they can punch in. They can verify via their phone numbers or they can geolocate. Members are also required to use their real first and last name. Mm -hmm. And they're also required to abide by our community guidelines. So with this sort of structure, if you will, um, the neighbors feel comfortable talking about all kinds of things in their neighborhood because Nextdoor is private just to those who live there. And because our community guidelines require neighbors to communicate respectfully uh, with each other and to be kind and helpful, people appreciate that and neighbors can be their best selves online. Now, those those same community guidelines are in place to guide neighbors should somebody not adhere to those guidelines. So every member Mm -hmm. can flag something if it doesn't meet those guidelines. And if needed, our neighborhood operations team will get involved and help sort of mediate or address a concern that neighbors have. Built on the power of local, Nextdoor is built on the ground up for the neighborhood. And all of our features, including you, our public agency partners that um, add incredibly valuable content, are designed to help neighbors lead stronger, um, safer uh, lives in their communities, which is our mission. And so the experience is different from other social platforms because there's a whole construct um, that is designed. Um, to help us create stronger neighborhoods all around the globe. I love that. I I think it's so amazing, you know, and really one of the things that we've done here in Gilbert, so we have 216 neighborhoods registered on Nextdoor and 58,979 members at last check. And we're averaging about 300 new residents joining every week in Gilbert. So we have a very active, yeah, well, 97.5% of Gilbert households, believe it or not, have a computer. And so one of the things that we're really focused on is reaching them where they're at and they're online. So this is an amazing tool. And one of the things that we've done here that I think is different than other cities is we brought what is traditional community outreach into my department and really just focused online instead of going, you know, going to HOA meetings and, um, you know, maybe having new resident socials with punch and cookies. We're really just focused on 
using online tools, especially Nextdoor, to solicit feedback from our residents, um, to get them information directly to their inbox. And I just think it's such an amazing tool. And I'm actually like surprised when I talk to other cities, you know, they'll, they'll ask me, oh, you use Nextdoor? Oh, okay, how? And so one of the things I want to talk to you about is, um, you know, how from your perspective, how are you seeing cities more and more use this as a tool to get information to their residents? And and I just want to give the plug that I think it honestly does replace that traditional HOA type style community meeting uh, format because who has the time for that <laughs> in you know this right. day and age? You know, I think you bring up a couple interesting points there. You know, back in 2006, I was working for uh, the Boston Police Department as a coordinator in the Neighborhood Watch Unit and built the unit's first blog. And it was the first time that we were able to put a message up on the internet and keep folks informed. And one of the things that we struggled with is a lot of people don't want to go to community meetings anymore, right? They've got multiple jobs, they got multiple responsibilities, and let's face it, they're not always the best well-run meetings, right? And so... I think what, what we've seen as that evolution um, since then is, and especially with the adoption of you know, different social media platforms, that commuters, com communicators are getting more sophisticated, but also member or resident or people's expectations are increasing, right? So mm -hmm. you know, 10 years ago, we were talking about getting the word out, and now the folks is really um, transformed into delivering you know, better customer service. And what I do you know, different talks and keynotes, I talk about focusing on delighting residents by what I call caring out loud. And so if you think about it, and I, I often use this sort of analogy when I do trainings, when you have a lot of messages that you you, you want to get out as a city, on next door, I remind, I, I ask folks to think about, imagine that it's 530 at night, you've had a long day at work, and the kids are hungry and maybe not in the best mood. And there you are, and you're there with a message. If it's about something across town that doesn't really, not pertinent to you know their interests or their needs, they're not really going to appreciate it, right? But because on next door you can geo-target into specific neighborhoods or service areas, you now have the ability to direct communications that are timely, relevant, and helpful to folks where you can delight them, right? You can let folks know like, Hey, we're, we're not going to pick up the trash tomorrow. It's delayed, right? Or um, we'll be digging up your sidewalk. Or it could be, you know, there's been a major accident and you need to find an alternate route. People will be like, wow, thanks for being so darn helpful, right? And that's, I think, really the power that Nextdoor brings to government is that they can be really helpful. And for those um, that choose to really engage and spend the time to answer questions and, you know, close the loop, for example... Um, by caring out loud, right? Like there's, we're, we're always trying to balance capacity restraints, right? Mm -hmm. But I think the more that you focus on providing sort of one-to-one -one customer service, and fortunately on Nextdoor, when you answer a question for one, it answers it for everybody else who mm -hmm. has visibility within, the, within that geography. People really get a sense. It's, a, it's sort of like a more, it's a, it's a more intimate experience. And I think it's a better customer experience for folks um, because they they get the sense that you, that communicator, the author of the post or the person who's responding cares, right? And the more that that's done, it transforms the experience people have 
um, with government, right? Like, yes, you can get beyond the derivative walls of city hall and without actually having to leave and travel and manage all that overhead digitally, right? And you can have this, you now have this ability to better serve your residents. Oh, I love this. Every single word. I'm so glad you came on this podcast, honestly, because <laughs> this is literally oh, what we're talking about all the time here in Gilbert. And it honestly surprises me sometimes when I hear from other cities that they haven't explored Nextdoor as a tool to mm -hmm. use in this way. So you mentioned uh, trash pickup and it's funny, we actually used Nextdoor. Uh, our environmental services teams came to us with some trash schedule changes and I had an inkling that it wasn't what the residents would really want. And I said, you know, hold up, let's ask them. We were able to just put out a survey on Nextdoor and we had, I think, almost 5,000 responses. And we just wow, asked them. Amazing. Yeah, we asked them. We said, you know, would you be willing to uh, change your, so we have same day pickup, which is recycling and regular trash gets picked up together. And this was going to go back to separate days. And I knew that the residents wouldn't want that because one, it's only one day they have to worry about taking out trash. And it's also, you know, that there's cans in the street only one day. So they'd gotten used to that. So we asked them, would you be open to switching your day if you were able to keep same day service? And would you be willing to pay more to keep it? And they said like 92% overwhelmingly said, yes, we'd be willing to, to, you know, wow, they wanted to keep it. Yeah. They wanted to keep same day service. They didn't mind switching the day, but they really cared about, and they were willing to pay more. Right. So we yep. were able to take the survey results back to our environmental services team and say, hey, heads up, you know, before you make these changes, like here's what our residents said. And yep. it was really powerful. And, and, and the cool part is, um, you know, and we do it all the time. We use polls. We had them name our regional park, our new park that we're opening in Gilbert. We gave them two options on Nextdoor and had them pick and vote. And so we're using this all the time. And you talked about customized messaging just for some parts of the community, which is great too, but also just as this way to get feedback, like you said, this one-on-one -on -one, um, customer service and to really glean information from them to understand what it is they need so you can provide services in the way they want to receive them. I mean, to us, I feel like it seems very common sense, but um, I don't know why in government, a lot of times we just are stuck in those old ways of doing things. We just don't realize these new tools that are at our fingertips to be able to do this so easily. Yeah. You know, and I think what you did with what you've done with the survey is really smart. A lot of folks don't know what to, aren't, aren't sure what to do, right? But if you if you lean on your community as the leader and let them guide you and have their voice be heard, you can make decisions more confidently because you've got a ton of data from your community members, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a really powerful way to operate. Um, and I think I think there's still a mindset in government where there's still a lot of that anxiety, but I would, I would advise a lot of folks to do that. Um, in fact, we even have a polling feature. And just before we... Um, started our podcast here. I'm writing a, a series of posts to share with our partners on the coastal states here um, out in, on the East Coast. And one of the polls, and this is very simple, is have you secured um, your loose items, right? And so, you know, Hurricane Dorian is barreling up the states here. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't think to go outside and like tie down chairs and things that could fly and become projectiles. And polls on next door drive a ton of engagement. So it's a mm -hmm. great way to break through apathy um, and get people involved through sort of like a fun quiz where they can quickly say, yes, I have, or no, I haven't, right? 
And in fact, the way that we worded the answers on this here is, yes, they are secure. No, not yet. Thanks for the reminder. Right. So there's there's all kinds of quick ways that you can either gather input, you can educate, or you can encourage people to take an action. So another poll that folks could write is, have you checked on your neighbor, your elder or vulnerable neighbors yet to ensure that they have an evacuation plan? Those are high value actions that when executed at scale by your greatest resource, your neighbors will or could reduce the burden on first responders, right? Because that means fewer people are going to need rescues if they don't evacuate. So there's there's all kinds of powerful ways you can use that functionality. And you've certainly demonstrated that with the survey that you folks did. Mm-hmm. No, it's you bring up emergency situations, right? We haven't, we didn't really talk about that until now, but no, you're right. And, and educating, um, I always like to talk about planting the seed because sometimes you're, you know, when you're out there, you're kind of like dropping this hint of, like you said, uh, hey, have you checked on your neighbor? Yes or no, or whatever that might be, so that you can continue the conversation. You know, for us, we want to have that constant open dialogue. And I always say, you can't go to people just when you need them. You have to, yeah. they have to already be there. You have to already be engaging with them so that when you do need them or you do need something, they're already there, right? So in this situation, you're dealing with, you know, luckily you already have enough members that you can be or public agencies can be using Nextdoor to get information out in that, you know, in an emergency. But you can't just suddenly decide you want to use Nextdoor as a tool when the hurricane is already here. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important because we're coming up for us a lot of major, you know, we have an election in 2020. We've got a census. Obviously, all the cities are working through. And I think Nextdoor is a really great tool to use for the census. But I get asked all the time from other cities, when do we start our outreach? And it's like, you have to already be there. You know, you have to, (laughs) yeah, yeah, you know, like you said, you need to be having those conversations, little, you know, the little ones too, so that when the big emergency happens, you have your audience there. So yep. t- talk to me about what you're seeing right now with the hurricane in this situation and, you know, what what are some ways that public agencies could be thinking maybe a little bit more broadly about how to use Nextdoor? Yeah, you know, I think the, the time to prepare is always, right? Like, it, it, it's sort of a culture of preparedness, right? And um, preparedness sometimes is uh, challenging for folks because there's, different obstacles, right? They may not have enough money to prepare. They may, um, there may be all these things in the way. Um, but when that disaster does strike, those are the folks that are likely going to need a lot of help. And so the challenge for communicators is crafting, finding innovative ways to get folks to prepare. And so, you know, polls are a really good way to get that out because it's fun and accessible and it reaches tons and tons of people. In Mm -hmm. fact, um, the Maryland Insurance Administration posted a poll uh, last spring on Nextdoor, and over 2,800 people in Maryland participated um, and basically said, did you know that homeowner's insurance um, doesn't cover flooding? And 18% of people in Maryland who are on Nextdoor who participated said no, right? So that that's a strategic initiative that FEMA's undertaking along with sort of financial preparedness. So a series of polls and education mm-hmm. campaigns uh, were crafted, and Joy Hatchett, who's the assistant commissioner, posted you know a message like every week for like a month and a half, and just kept getting more and more questions. And she cared out loud, and she answered each one in a series of of posts. 
but mm-hmm. she took the time to do that and educated tons and tons of people. And the post drove so much engagement. We were both blown away by that, right? So as, you know, if I look at Nextdoor over the last couple of days, you know, people have been pushing out evacuation warnings. Um, they've been pushing out, you know, safety tips. Uh, they've been encouraging people to check on their neighbors. Um, in fact, the article that I'm posting to our, um, the community engager on Medium has a series of all of those posts. And perhaps you could even link to that if you wanted to, um, of the types of things that people can post. And, you know, from a, from a platform perspective, we feel what we've learned is that we can provide the platform, but we also need to help provide content. Mm-hmm. So every week or so, we're sending out suggested posts for um, people to share. You know, there's a lot of wonderful communicators out there that are writing great information. And, um, you know, we, we amplify that by sharing it across the country. And we also write some things that we think would be helpful. And mm-hmm. we share that. So, you know, I think it's sort of a big question. And there's a lot of work to be done up front. And there's a lot of great content on that same community engager blog on Nextdoor. There's an engagement plan for emergency managers. There's a fire prevention engagement plan. There's a crime prevention engagement plan. And some of the best performing posts are included in those. And so there's there's lots of great content available for folks to share. And I think it's a little intimidating if that's not your subject matter expertise to come up with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've tried to make that a little easier for folks. Um, but, you know, fortunately, at least on in Florida so far, as far as I'm aware, we haven't had catastrophic damage. You know, mm-hmm. there's certainly some storm surge and some high winds. Uh, but I am concerned about folks in Georgia, South Carolina, Charleston. In fact, I'll be talking to uh, the police chief in Charleston after we get off the phone here because uh, their, their, their storm surge is expected to be fairly high. So some of the messaging I wrote that we just published was actually specifically for them. But I figured we'd share it with everyone because everybody could probably use it. So we'll be emailing that out to all our partners in affected states this afternoon. Um, but it's really just about getting people to understand, you know, what they need to do to be safe. But um, and another sort of thing I say, in addition to caring out loud, is think and communicate like a community organizer. And mm-hmm. what do you want people to know? Mm-hmm. And what do you want people to do? What behaviors do you want people to change? Or what actions do you want them to take? Mm-hmm. And I think just being very direct about that is important. And, you know, a lot of people think someone's going to be there to save them. And that may not be the case. Oftentimes when, you know, something, a disaster does occur, it's their neighbors who are going to be their first responders. So getting more people in that mindset beforehand mm-hmm. is helpful, right? Yeah. Because they may know to check on somebody or get them out, right? And so absolutely. your greatest asset is your community and you need to activate them to take those actions. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Also, you reminded me of something we're looking, you mentioned um, using data earlier, and I think it's so key. And we, one thing we've also used Nextdoor for, and we're really working with our fire department right now is obviously we're in Arizona, a lot of people have swimming pools. And so we were looking at our, um, our using our GAS mapping system, looking at where the drownings were happening, and they weren't tend to be a little more clustered in a particular part of our community. And so then using Nextdoor to target those neighborhoods with drowning prevention um, 
information and awareness. And so working cross-departmentally with our fire department to kind of figure out how we can help them to get their message directly to those areas and neighborhoods. So I thought that's another great example of how cities Absolutely. can be using, yeah, next door to, you know, kind of get ahead and, but then to educate, because you talked about that, like that education component, component I think is really key because we can't expect people in their busy lives to come looking for information, even on our websites anymore. You know, it's not enough. We need to be, again, making it easy for them and going where they are. So absolutely. With, if I if I may real yeah. if I may real quick, um, you know, there's there's a I often create a distinction between the air game and the ground game, where the air game is focused on public affairs and the ground game is focused on customer service. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and engagement, action taking, behavior change, and that's really next door's sweet spot. And if all those communications are aligned in that direction, and you know they're authentic, you will involve the community and you will have unexpected results. And I think, you know, what you just described with the fire department and that challenge is um, something next door could be very helpful with. I love that. I love that. The public affairs and customer service piece. I think that's so, so, so true. You're right. It's a sweet spot. It's finding that happy medium again. And, you know, I always say too, thinking about the way people are living their lives and being sure that however you're delivering information is evolving as the world evolves too. And so I, as much as like we hate these emergency situations, I think they're always good learning points for us as well to figure out what, you know, what works and what doesn't. And, you know, I found that we had a, we had a flood here, which was one of the ways I actually discovered Nextdoor a few years back where I was like, huh, this, these HOA lists are all outdated. None of these email addresses work. Like it was just this kind of weird experience to go through. And then right. I landed on, you know, and Twitter's fine, um, but you're going to have a, a larger audience, a more global audience. They're not necessarily your residents. Um, and so it's, it's just, you know, this different tool. So I'm thrilled. No, Coming up on 2020, I know cities across the country, like I said, are facing the census and a major election. What what advice do you have for cities as they're preparing for this busy year ahead um, about maybe some possible ways that they haven't used Nextdoor before but could? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, you know, I think one of the ways to just sort of like a, an approach is people don't want you to content at them. They want you to have conversations with them, mm. right? So I know Census has a lot of great FAQs out there, and I would just start, you know, pushing that out there and having answering people's answering people's questions. And mm-hmm. you know, I know it's the the topic unfortunately is a little politicized, uh, and the way that I recommend folks manage that is say comments will only be allowed if they're specific, if they're directly related to the topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they veer off and take a political you know, turn, this discussion will be closed. Mm-hmm. So for the sake of allowing learning and question asking, you know, let, let, let's do that. And so that, that tends to work and people tend to appreciate that, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, there, there's a lot of really important questions there. Um, another way is there's a lot of great PSAs. So you can take a video link from Vimeo or um, from uh, you know, Facebook or YouTube and pop it in your posts and the video renders. So just getting people to watch videos are, is a helpful thing to do. In fact, um, Corey Deardroff, who is the director of comms for Pasco County Fire in um, Florida, did a really cool thing where he did a poll about smoke alarms. Um, and it, you know, when was the last time you tested your smoke alarm was the question. And then shared the results 
He projected the results on the wall and then did a Facebook Live about the poll results and then posted the Facebook Live discussion that he and his colleague did on Nextdoor. So he cross-posted, used different strains from different mm-hmm. platforms, and then educated both audiences. Nice. So I think if, if, if I were folks, I'd be thinking about you know, how could we use polls and Facebook to engage both of those audiences in a creative way. And in fact, I'm going to say that I will work on putting a playbook together and maybe you guys can help me uh, and we can come up with a couple things and test and see how that goes. And um, I think that would be a really cool way to engage the community in an innovative way around that conversation. I love it. Yes, we're in. Absolutely. Whatever you need. Thank you so much, Joseph, for joining me today. I love this. I think our listeners are going to love it too. I really, really do. And also to our listeners, don't forget to check out Nextdoor in your neighborhood if you haven't already. And to follow this podcast on Twitter at GovGoneDigital. And thank you again, Joseph. This was great. Thanks for having me. And let me also just say, if anybody would like to get started with Nextdoor, you simply go to nextdoor.com forward slash agency and click get started. And there's a form that you fill out. And that will initiate the process. And if anybody has any questions, you can find me on Twitter as at Joseph Porcelli. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. And thanks again to our listeners. We'll see you soon from Gilbert, Arizona on Government Gone Digital. Mm-hmm.